And today, I want to, uh, title of my message is Hearing God. We've been on this for a while. We, we had a little bit different series that we taught in the month of August, uh, Hearing the Voice of God. And, and now we've been talking about how you hear. You know, it's, it's one way, it's one thing to hear that you need to hear God, but most people don't think you can hear God. Most people are looking for an audible voice to hear God, but the Bible's so absolutely clear in the New Testament how we hear God. It's so clear. And the responsibility is on the individual to learn how to hear Him. It's on you. It's on me. It's on us to work out what it means to hear the voice of God. Today, I just want to go through and just do a, a quick review of verses that we've looked at. And we're just starting Psalm 23. We've looked at Psalm 23 a lot as of late. Um, but in Psalm 23 and 1, The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me. Say it again. Or say it. <laughs> you didn't say it the first time. Uh, he leads me. Now say it. Okay. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. The rod and staff are defined as the word and the spirit. They bring what? They comfort me. They comfort my soul. In Matthew 11, look in the, in the um, New Testament, Matthew chapter 11. We've looked at these passages the last few weeks. Um, and earlier in Matthew 11, it says, If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. And we've talked about, starting in verse 28, Jesus said this. Now, what, what we just read in Psalm 23, that the Lord is my shepherd. And in John 10, it says, my sheep, I'm the, he's the shepherd, and my sheep hear my voice. So for God to lead us, we have to hear his voice. But... What does it take, if you're taking notes today, you need to write this down because you'll see this at the end of the message. What does it take to truly hear the voice of God? It takes His rod and His staff. It takes His word and His spirit. It takes His spirit and His word. The combination of the two. Because what that brings is a comfort to your soul. Now watch what Jesus said. He confirms this. Come to me, verse 28. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest or comfort. That word is defined as, as comfort. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I will find rest or comfort for what? For your soul. Where we've tried to figure God out with our heads, 
He's saying to us day by day, I want you to know how to hear my voice internally on the inside of you. And to do that, you have to be familiar with His Spirit and His Word. Now, I'm going to show you today why that's important. Before I do that, uh, just want to remind you what we talked about last week. We looked in 1 Corinthians 13 in the love chapter. And um, can you give me 1 Corinthians 13, 1? Um, he said, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. We defined that in 1 John 4 that God is love. So in these th first three passages of Scripture, it talks about kind of every aspect of life. We can do all these things, but if we have not love, if, if we have if we're not possessed with love, which is God, which to us, God is God by the Holy Spirit today, if we're not controlled by that, then all of the opportunities that we have day to day to walk by the Spirit, hearing the voice of the Spirit, being kind in unkind situations, being forgiving when, when in the natural it's better to, or, or, or our flesh wants to not forgive, to, to look through the eyes of God and through the eyes of love instead of looking through the eyes of the flesh. All of those things are in operation, and we have opportunity to do that, but we have to learn to want to do that. We have to learn to want to tap into the to the person of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we have to learn to want to know how to hear His voice because will God instruct you to do any and everything that you need to do in life? Will God instruct you? You have to know that. You have to work it out. I, I'm telling you that what we're teaching today, the word that is going forth today, is instruction, is tools to help you to learn to develop how to hear the voice of God. Because hearing God is something that can be attained because God made us that way. It's not, God wouldn't tell us that we need to hear Him and then He's going to trick us to keep us from being able to hear Him. That's absurd. It's not a good God. But the God we serve is a good God. And He has built us to hear His voice and he wants to teach us how to do that. Romans chapter 8, these next three few passages of Scripture are new to this series. And I want to build something today in talking about how to hear God. How do we hear him? Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to start reading in verse 12. He says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors or in debt, not to the flesh, <clears throat> to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Now, those, I don't have time to get into that, 
But the flesh has to do with the senses, your five physical senses. We're not in debt to and obligated to follow after what our sense realm tells us. What, what we want to be indebted to is what the Spirit is telling us. And he said, if you let the flesh rule, it's going to bring destruction. That word death there, or to die, is not just ceasing to exist, but it's the word destruction. And when we listen and judge everything in life by our sense realm, instead of by developing our human spirit that's one with the Holy Spirit, when we don't develop that, then what happens is we set ourselves up to defeat and destruction. He said in verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, daughters of God. Verse 16, For the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. So there's the Holy Spirit and there's our human spirit. Okay? How do we connect to where we can hear from the Holy Spirit in our human spirit, get it in our head, and understand what to do. That's what we're talking about today. And the Bible's full of it, how to accomplish that. I'm going to read that verse 16 again. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified with Him. Um, we teach this around here all the time, and this is absolute truth. You and I have been redeemed from the curse. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. We've been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. How many believe that today? We've been redeemed from poverty. We've been redeemed from any and everything that is evil that could come against us. But all through the New Testament... The word suffering is involved. I'm telling you today, and you can take what I give you today and you can go home and meditate on it. But you have not been delivered from the suffering of Jesus Christ. I'll give you an example. If you're developing if you're developing the ability to hear the voice of God and God is in you which is love and you have an unkind situation and you hear the voice of God to be kind in an unkind situation <laughs> you will suffer in your flesh you will have struggles in your flesh to be kind when it's easier to be unkind. When someone else has been ugly and it's easier for you to be ugly right along with them instead of stand up and develop inside of you a strength and an ability to overcome in that situation, 
as a result of that, you will find yourself in your emotions and in everything else experience a form of suffering. Not the form of suffering that he had on the cross. Not the form of suffering for sickness and disease. Not the form of suffering for poverty or anything else. But the suffering for the word. There's a process. And actually, the Bible is really, 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 really clear about it. Look at um, the next chapter over in the first verse. We've taught here for years that your conscience is the mind of your human spirit. I, 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 I am a spirit man. I, I, I am a spirit because I was created in the image of God. I have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and I live in a physical body. You would not be present here today if you didn't have a body. But your body is not you if you're born again because God created you spirit. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. People say, well, how do, you, how do you know the voice of God? We just read that there's a difference between my human spirit and God. But the two of them have been made one. That's why if you're born again... God doesn't share that born-again life with any devil, demon, or anybody else. Even though in my soul, my mind, will, and emotions, I can have a lot of bad ideas, a lot of past stuff that I've not dealt with. And so you can be a Christian and kind of live like the devil at different times in your life, and we all have. Just look straight forward and look at me, you know. <clears throat> Nobody's thinking that you have, but I promise you, you have. We don't have to talk about it, and I'm definitely not thinking about anybody. I'm telling you, everybody has, myself included. Born-again Christian, but in a certain situation, you're acting like the devil. And to get free of those things, there is suffering that is involved. In Romans 9 and 1, it says, I tell you the truth in Christ, I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing witness, bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. My conscience, the voice of my spirit, bearing witness with the Holy Spirit. My conscience, the mind of my spirit, bearing witness with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say witness. So, God's primary way in the New Testament, ever since Jesus left and ascended at the right hand of the Father and left the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, God's whole process now operates on us hearing Him, but it's not Him in an audible voice that we hear with these ears, it's what we develop internally. And here, in this translation, He calls it, a witness. In, um, I, I like what the Amplified says here. It says, I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience, enlightened and prompted by the Holy Spirit, bearing witness within me. 
my conscience, the voice of my spirit enlightening and prompting me to move in a certain direction about something, about a choice I'm making, about a decision that I'm making, what I'm choosing to do in my reaction to another individual who's done something in one way or the other, comes from my human spirit that is paying attention to the Holy Spirit. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience, enlightened and prompted by the Holy Spirit, bearing witness with me. Now, So, I'm taking my time in this because there's no reason to rush past what I consider the most important thing in a born-again, spirit-filled person's life. And that's them coming to a place where they're confident they can hear his voice. There's nothing more important. There's absolutely nothing more important. This witness, it's not a voice. It's not an audible voice. But it's an awareness. Not of the flesh, but internally of the spirit. It's an awareness. It's being aware of the things of God. It's being aware that he has the ability to speak to me and that he is speaking to me. Listen, God speaking to you is not the issue. It's me being able to hear him. And being aware of it is first and foremost, but then doing something about it is the next step. Um, So, Anybody ever been, I was trying to think of a good example. I was trying to think last couple of days of some good examples regarding this. And uh, I was thinking of some good examples, and then I asked God about some good examples, and he gave them to me. Anybody ever been lost, like you're driving somewhere and you're lost? You're not claiming that you're lost. You just absolutely don't know where you're at. You ever, you ever done that? I, I've, I'm, my, my wife will tell, will, will, if you ask her this, she'd tell you this. I'm really good with directions. And I've been good with directions all my life. I don't, I don't know why. But every once in a while, I'll come, I'll be in a city where they didn't ask me about the planning and zoning before, about where they were going to put their roads and how they were going to do their city. And, and uh, 
my mind just thinks it's like another city, and I mean, then I, I don't know where I'm at. Have you ever been there? And, um, and you know, uh, Siri or whatever voice you're listening to, she can, she can really mess things up at times. Huh? Man. I mean, I've, I've had her take me across town when, and then I, I mean, I figured, well, and I put the wrong address, but I found out I wrote the right address in, but she took me on the other side of town when I was in another, in another city. But kind of before all of this and all the maps and all the technology we have, and it's real simple, and anywhere you go, you just type it in, boom, you know how to get there. Before all that, there were a couple of times when I got lost, and what happened was the moment that I realized I didn't know where I was, all of a sudden, I went to my head, and I could feel my heart pumping, especially if you're like real late at night, you flew in somewhere, uh, you're trying to find a place and you're not finding it and you're just, man, you've taken a couple of wrong turns and you're going in different directions and I mean, your blood's pumping and you're whatever. And the voice of the Spirit cannot break through and show you what to do. Does, does God know directions? I imagine. He knows directions. But every time that I've ever stopped collected myself and began to pray in the Spirit for answers about the direction to go, <laughs> maybe sometime the answer will be stop at the convenience store and ask somebody. Or if there's nothing else around, and I've been in a, in a, in a situation or two like this where I was sitting there and then it's like from inside of me I knew go this way. I just knew because I'd shut this down and I'd quieted this down and I was listening in here. And I promise you, he will never lead you over the side of a cliff if it's him. People say, well, you know, we got all this technology today. Why would you, ever, why would you waste your time doing something like that? Because you're working on something. You're working on something. Every opportunity you have to walk in love, just remember, you're working on something. What do you want from life? You want to stay the way you are, or you want to get better at what you're doing? And God is saying to us, it's not a voice that you're looking for, it's a witness. You ever had kind of just this thought in the back of your mind about something? You were, you, you're not sure about something, then all of a sudden you just knew. That's not you. And that's not the devil. That's the Spirit of God inside of you. And he wants to teach us how to live that way all the time. Not just every once in a while. The problem is the flesh gets in the way because the flesh wants things today. And God wants us to learn to develop. And I can tell you that when, when I'm talking about this word suffering, when, when you're going to live in the world that we live in and you're going to develop the ability to hear the voice of God and really hear His voice, I'm telling you, there, there's, there, there's some 
real difficulty in it because God is never in a hurry, never has been. Right? When Moses wasn't getting it and leading the children after he'd led them out of Egypt, uh, he wasn't getting it. They were about an 11-day journey to the promised land, and it took them 40 years to get there. God's never in a hurry. (laughs) He's never been in a hurry. Every situation in the Bible was never in a hurry. Why? Because he wanted the internal part dealt with first. He wants you and I to grow up and mature spiritually so that what we get, we can handle. If we don't know how to hear his voice, then who's to say that other people do things in our life and give us things or do things for us? Who's to say that those are correct and right every single time? That's why you have to hear the voice of God to have the ability to discern. It's not the spirit of discernment. There's no such thing. There's the Holy Ghost. And your human spirit and him showing you things so that you can discern what's right and not right. That's what he's giving to us day by day. That's what he wants you to live and operate in on a day-to-day basis. But you've got you you to believe that and you've got to want to develop that because every situation that you find yourself in is an opportunity to learn to, to differentiate between the voice of the Spirit of God and all the other voices. And God wants you and I to develop that. Can you say amen? amen. <clears throat> so, I want to say this too. There is a spirit witness and there is a flesh witness. I'm going to say it again. There's a spirit witness And there's a flesh witness. And we have to know the difference. God will not make you know it. He's given you all the tools. He's given you His Word, His Spirit. And all of heaven is behind you to live this way on the earth. Because that's how we bring heaven to earth in and through our lives. By hearing His voice and only doing what He says. And when that is being developed, there's no end to what can happen in our lives. No end to it. God wants me leading by His Spirit, not just leading by opportunities that are out there. There's lots of opportunities, and that can look like a leading God doesn't want me to to be led by opportunities. He wants me to be led by His Spirit. So He wants me in a leading position by His Spirit, not opportunities leading me. There's a huge difference. Huge difference. Now, look at these um, last two passages that I I want to read out of. And they're both found in the book of Acts. First one's in chapter 9 and verse 10.
Now, there was in Damascus a disciple, and this is about the conversion of the Apostle Paul, but I just want to point out one thing in verse 16. But I'm going to start with verse 10. There was in Damascus a disciple named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here am I, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight and ask at the house of Judas for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying there. And he was seen in a vision, and, and he has seen in a vision, Paul has, a man named Ananias enter and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many people tell about this man, especially how much evil and what great suffering he has brought on your saints at Jerusalem. Now he is here and has authority from the high priest to put in chains all who call upon your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for this man is, is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the descendants of Israel. And this is what he wanted clear to the Apostle Paul right here. He wanted to, who became Saul, who became Paul, and the Apostle that is written two-thirds of the New Testament, that, we're, that most of my preaching today is coming out of what he penned. He wanted to make sure he got this. For I will make clear to him how much he will be afflicted and must endure and suffer for my name's sake. How much you'll, he will endure and suffer for my name's sake. The word suffering has been so misunderstood in the church. It's actually been misunderstood on this side in a horrible way. And then it's been misunderstood over on this side in a horrible way. There are many, 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 many people in the church world that believe that we were created to endure all types of suffering no matter what it is that comes against us. Physically, mentally, emotionally, in, a, in every way that anything that happens is the will of God. And that's a bunch of bunk. We've taught and read for the last 29 years in, the, in this church and we've preached in this church. We've been redeemed from the curse. We've been liberated and made free. But right out of the chute, the calling on the Apostle Paul's life was, for my name, you're going to suffer. For my name. And that's not very popular. Because most people want to be led to comfort. been saved for 41 and a half years and God has been good to me but I have suffered a lot of stuff don't you feel bad for me what I've suffered 
is because of what I was willing to preach. And not just preaching from the pulpit, but living the life. Because when you stand for the truth, and that's what he's talking about, he would suffer for my namesake. The truth of the living word, Jesus Christ, because of learning to develop a lifestyle that hears the voice of God and does things in the, that in the natural you think, man, that is crazy. Why would I do something like that? Why would I allow myself? Why would I do this, that, or the other? But when you realize that God has the whole plan from the beginning to the end, and there are things at certain times as, as, as you're in a certain walk that things are being extracted from your soul and you're going through what you feel like a real time of suffering. You're not seeing something happen. This isn't happening. That's not happening. Things aren't being delivered. I'm not being delivered of this thing or that thing. Uh, it seems like it's taking too long for situations to happen. But what God's waiting on so much of the time is you and I getting what his plan is and everything that's involved in that. A lot of times in the plan, the things that you don't see are the things that actually work against us instead of for us. God's not going to give you the whole plan. He's not going to show you everything that's going to be involved in your journey. But like the song said today, Lord, we're going to trust you. And by faith, you have to trust that what you're hearing from God is working and you're going to stay with it and be more empowered to do what he says than ever before. More empowered to listen for the spiritual inward witness instead of a witness in the natural. A lot of times people are looking for other people to just tell them, yeah, this is what you need to do. Sounds good to me. No, man, there's stuff that sounds good. That we, You know what the scripture says. Stuff that sounds good that the end is destruction. The suffering involved in it because of what needs to be extracted from you so that spiritually you can hear what he says. I feel like I wasted a lot of time in the early years of my walk because I didn't know how to hear. No, nobody really, in the beginning years, nobody really was there to teach me how to hear like I'm telling you today. But at the end of the day, teaching or no teaching, it's still on me to take what the Word says and do something with it. If, he's tell, if he said, those who are led by the Spirit are the sons and daughters of God, then to walk in sonship, walk in the fullness of that sonship and be on the receiving end of what God has, I have to be led by His Spirit and I can't be led if I can't hear. My sheep know my voice, and the voice of the stranger, they don't follow that voice. I can hear it. I can hear his voice. I can know his voice. Paul's initial calling was suffering. But could anybody take him out before the time? Did sickness and disease stop him? Did poverty stop him? Did control by the devil stop his life? Absolutely not. In every situation, he overcame because 
in his journey, he learned how to hear God and then he did what God said. And if you've never, if you've never read this passage of Scripture, years ago I had somebody that taught along this line. And I'm, and this, I'm going to end with this passage right here in, in uh, Acts 21 and starting with verse 1. Um, And as I was, when I first heard this taught, I was taught that Paul missed God in going to Jerusalem. Now, what I'm going to share with you today, I've tried to, I've tried to, I'm not saying that, well, I've tried to break this down to where what I'm saying to you makes it makes sense to the point that you can grab a hold of this. There's something here that I feel like has been a major enemy to the church. And I want to read this story, 14 verses in this story, concerning the Apostle Paul and his decision. Actually, if you go back to uh, chapter 20, it talks about... um, some others that uh, had encouraged him not to go to Jerusalem also because of the persecution that would be there. But remember what his calling was. So, it came to pass that when they had departed, that when we had departed from them, this is Luke writing this, um, and set sail, running a straight course, we came to Kos, the following day to Rhodes, and from there to Patera. And finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had sighted Cyprus, we passed it on the left, sailed to Syria, and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unload her cargo. And finding disciples, just finding Christians, in other words, We stayed there seven days, and they told Paul through the Spirit not to go up to Jerusalem. When we had come to the end of those days, we departed and went on our way, and they all accompanied us with wives and children till we were out of the city, and we knelt down on the shore and prayed when we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship, and they returned home. And when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Ptolemus, greeted the brethren, and stayed with them one day. On the next day, verse 8, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days... A certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Ghost. Now, as I was studying this passage of Scripture, I'm telling you what I got from this passage. Okay, You can take it or do something else with it. 
But this is what I got from this passage. The Christians, the people that they greeted, said through the Holy Spirit, they told Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Anybody ever prayed and felt like you got something? But you're not sure about it? They prayed right there and told him, don't go to Jerusalem. They prayed in the Holy Spirit and they felt like they sh- that he shouldn't go. Why? Because of all the reports. Now, the prophet comes down, Agabus, and I, I heard people in the past preach that Agabus here, the prophet, told him not to go to Jerusalem. And that's not what it said. Right here it said, he took his belt, bound his own hands and feet and said, thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into their hands, into the hands of the Gentiles. Now when he, when we heard these things, both we and those from the, that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Who when he would not, who when he, he would not be persuaded, we see saying, the Lord, or the will of the Lord will be done. When they saw they couldn't talk him out of it, then their statement was, then let God's will be accomplished. So I'm going to say this to you today as I end this. I'm just telling you how it's worked for me. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the revelation of praying in other tongues. And when I pray in other tongues... I pray with the understanding. But if I have a situation that I'm not sure about in my life, there have been times in the past when I just, it seemed right, I prayed, I got kind of a witness in my spirit about it. Not that, it, not that, that necessarily wasn't a, a, a witness from God, but all of a sudden it went from my spirit to my head and I thought, you know what? This sounds really good. I'm doing this. And the end result was not producing what I thought it would produce. In this story here, you have a group of people that have been threatened. All kinds of things have come against them. Paul, don't go to Jerusalem because there's going to be great suffering and persecution there. But Paul, Paul, way back here, has the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord in the beginning of his conversion was, you're going to suffer many things for my name. And Paul, after all those years, his declaration was, many are the persecutions that come against and the sufferings that come against the righteous, but my God delivers me from all of them. That was his declaration. The suffering that is involved is going from These ears to these ears. That's the suffering that you and I go through. The suffering, if we just heard God, there'd be no suffering. 
If we just did exactly what God said 100 times out of 100, every single time, there'd be no suffering. You just do it and accomplish it and go right through it. But because we're learning to develop our ability to hear, there are things that we go through. There's stuff that happens. Don't be discouraged by things that happen. Don't be discouraged by things that haven't worked the way you wanted it to work. Stay with it. Stay with developing your ability to hear. When Agabus came and he gave that word, you know what? That was a Holy Ghost word that nobody else would understand but the Apostle Paul because what he said to him confirmed what Jesus said when, when Ananias laid hands on him. It confirmed it. See, the prophetic word today, a lot of people want to be led by the prophetic. They want to be led by their emotions. They want to be led by, you know, excitement or those kind of things. And yet, and yet, what Agabus did was he brought a confirming word. He confirmed something to Paul that only Paul would know. Isn't that just like God? Agabus could have, he could have said, you know, a lot of different things. He could have said things in a lot of different ways. But he said it where it brought a confirmation. And because Paul had developed his ability to hear, he knew exactly what that meant. The other day somebody had a dream, and they brought the dream. And I was, God was showing me what was in this dream and interpreting it. And he's given me some more as a result of the interpretation to this dream. But there's times when some, something is brought to you that only you're going to know. But it's confirmation to what you've already known. And what that does is develop your ability to hear and to know what God is saying. More than anything, I'm telling you today as your pastor, God wants you to know how to hear his voice above every other voice. And when you know his voice, then you can't be talked out of anything in this life. You'll do with boldness and confidence everything that God has told you to do because you've heard. The reason Paul didn't take necessarily what those people said versus what the prophet said is because it didn't bear witness in his heart. And a lot of times you can get worked up, but if you don't spend enough time praying about what you think you heard from God and, and, and applying the word, remember what I said in the beginning? His rod and His Spirit, they comfort us. His Word and Spirit. You can hear what you think is the Word, but then you've got to apply the Word on it. And you spend time applying the Word to what you think you've heard, all of a sudden you'll hear things coming out of the Word that you've never heard before. And it'll liberate you and set you free. Today, what I've given you is what I do. I'm not telling you something. I mean, I'm telling you, what I do today is a result of many, many books and tapes and series that I've listened to. But I've made it my own. And I will hear God continually and I'll grow in my ability to hear God because I will not live in this life apart and short of what God created me to do. Amen? God doesn't want you to live short of anything that He's put there in your life to do. And the key to it is hearing His voice. Not hearing emotion. Not hearing one thing or some other thing. Not hearing voices that are trying to lead you in a different direction. But learning to develop the ability to hear His voice. And, and I'll just tell you today. And it's not a heavy thing. 
but it's an absolute thing that it's on you to learn. He will not learn for you. He'll not make you learn, but he'll give you everything. He's already given you everything you need to know how to learn and how to understand. And I'll just tell you this too. What I said about suffering today, any of you that have been around here for a very long time, that word's not a part of our vocabulary most of the time. But it has been part of mine, but I didn't, a lot of times I, I won't share that because I don't want misunderstandings of that because the church has used that word and butchered it through the years. And I don't want it to be butchered. But we have to learn that the extraction process that we go through from hearing with our natural ears to hearing with our spiritual ears, there's going to be some times of some conflict and some difficulty that's involved there. But God will see you through it every single time to a higher place than what you've ever been. If you reject it, you're going to stay where you're at or go lower. You embrace it, you'll, you'll not only win where you're at, but you'll go to a higher place all the time. Because when you can hear his voice and he's confident of that, there's no limitations to what he'll do in your life.